if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Were you ever told not to wash your hair while on your period? What about the word pregnant being so taboo that you needed to use the abbreviation PG instead? Or maybe you heard that raising your hands above your head is dangerous if you're with child. If this was your sex education, you're not alone. On today's episode, I'm interviewing someone extra special, my mom. This episode features the one and only Dondra, or Mama D, as my friends like to call her. And we get into her sexual education and all the crazy advice that she was given growing up in the 1960s. Poor Mama D thought we were just going to brunch today, but little did she know that I had other plans in mind recording this podcast. I hope you enjoy learning more about where I came from, the single military mom who raised me, and how I became that sex chick. Enjoy the show. 
Oh my gosh, my heart is beating so fast. It should be. <laughs> I didn't give you much of a choice. And here you are, mom. Because moms do that. They support their kids. Well, you are one. And I think that that is a really great way to start the show is talk about how you are supportive of your daughter, because I imagine that the journey has not been an easy one necessarily from a mom's perspective. But before I ask you what I know I want my first question to be, um, I would love if you could tell the listeners a little bit about you. About me. Yes. As far Where are you as from and what did, what did you do? Kind of a little, oh, okay. like a quick snippet of the timeline of Dondra. Okay. Well, I was born in Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana, 1956. So that makes me 64 years old. Lived there my whole life. Went to local high school, graduated, no college, decided to go into the military. Did about 22 years in the Air Force and finally retired 16 years ago. And now, living life. Just happy living life. <laughs> so before retirement, not happy? Um, not always. Just getting by. Mm, there was a big jump. We went straight from high school, no college, military, end. <laughs> to now. I had, I had kids in the middle. There you go. I was waiting for that part. <laughs> yeah. Had two. Mm -hmm. Had one. 13 years later, surprise, had another one. Mm -hmm. And that was you. Mm -hmm. One of the best surprises. Well, thanks. And so sis did a more, let's say, traditional route right. as far as your two girls. And then I like I mean, I I affectionately say this about myself is that I am more or less a black sheep. Like I've gone, I don't even want to say a black sheep, but I just didn't do things the more traditional route. Correct. Right. What was that what was like being a mom like? To someone who's not traditional? To both of us. What were the differences? Okay. Well, the differences are your sister was like, she grew up, she went to high school. Um, she was, um, had a path, you know, um, she knew she wanted to be a nurse. So she went to college. She went to nursing school. She's a nurse. She went back to school and now she's a nurse practitioner. So that was her, her path, her goal in life. Mm -hmm. Yours was a little different. Mm -hmm. You still graduated high school, went to college, but you still weren't sure what you wanted to do. Nothing felt really right. It, it always felt like it had to be related to a science of some sort, like biology, um, forensic sciences, that kind of thing. You like that. But it never really felt, I don't know, right. So you ended up pursuing the forensic science part in biology. You went to USM. <laughs> got a degree. <laughs> and here you are. Yeah. And here I am. There was a big, there was another big jump. Yeah. What was it? What was it like? Um, let's say what, what was, was it like just seeing all that play out from a mom's perspective, you know, watching daughter go through, not really sure what she wanted to do. And then I wound up traveling. Right. So I watched one daughter take a path. She knew exactly what she wanted and where she was going and just did it. Then you kind of you took little twists and turns along the way. And yeah, you took a break. You went and traveled. You worked cruise ships for about six years. Um, and you were good at what you did. I mean, you were really good at what you did. And so... Mom knows she cruised with me. Yes, I did. And then you come home one day and I'm thinking you're just home for a little vacation. And I find out you're not going back. That you've decided something else. Because while you were cruising, you learned some things. 
and that you wanted to take a different direction. And mm. so you did. Mm-hmm. And here we are again. And here we are again. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So the first question, which you can sort of blame me for some of these questions, oh. but mostly you can blame my assistant, Bryn, who oh, happens sure. to be sitting in the room with us. So if you're upset with any of the questions, just know that that one wasn't me. Oh, sure. Of course. <laughs> Kidding. So question one, what's it like having a daughter who's a sex coach? Well, that's a good question. And I will say it first. Um I wasn't real receptive of where it was going. I thought, how could someone leave a job like you had, you know, doing really well and at the top of your game? And um, and I'm like, how can you give that up? You travel in the world. But guess what? Those things aren't the most important things in life. And I think you figured that out. Mm-hmm. And then you found something that you had a passion for. And you can do any job. But if you don't have a passion for it, you're not going to go anywhere in that job. You might make money. Mm-hmm. But you won't, it won't feel good inside. And you found something that you had fire for and passion for. And that's what you're doing. Mm. And it just so happens to be about sex, which is a little out yeah. there. No, I'm not saying at first I was excited about it. But as the years have gone by that you've been doing this, I mean, I, I kind of felt like, oh, is there a market for this? What is she going to do with this? How is she going to live? And apparently I was wrong. There's a big market. <laughs> And you're doing quite well and, you know, and you're helping so many people at the same time. Mm, That feels good to hear. Okay, let's go back in history again for just a moment. Take me back to the moment when we had the sex talk. I don't remember. Mm. I was going to say, what was that like as a parent? But you don't remember. Yeah, I really don't remember actually having any kind of talk other than the 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 feminine needs talk, you know, Um, as far as anything else, you know. (laughs) I don't remember yeah, anything. Yeah. Some like politically correct feminine needs in air quotes. <laughs> Pretty much. And I, so I remember, so there wasn't really a sex talk. I remember you had like a big chair and it was in the corner and I felt like the kitchen was to the left and then there was like a chair in the corner. I don't know if my Which memory, house? I don't, I don't remember. I had to have been 11, 12, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. We call all of our houses by the colors that they were, right? Or the streets that they were on. But anyway, I remember crawling into the chair and you like calling me over and I sat on the arm of the chair and you, it was just like uncomfortable. And I don't know how accurate my memory is serving me or like, but this is what I remember is that you just started talking to me about it and basically asked me what I still needed to know. Yeah. And I was like, I'm good. Okay. I, I think that that was really the the like extent of the conversation was like, I know this already. I learned it in school and it was about periods. So did I have a sigh of relief at that point that I didn't have to go any further? I think so. Probably. I don't know. Uh, but we definitely didn't talk about sex. Well, let me tell you something. Years ago, that was not something people talked about. Right. You know? Right. Which brings me to the next que- question. What was the conversation like for you and Guy, your mom? I didn't, there was no conversation. My mom never, I mean, they didn't even, if you saw a woman with a big belly, nobody said, oh, she's pregnant or anything like that. They just said either she's with child or she's PG. PG, that was pregnant. Yeah. We didn't know that. I heard that before, that you didn't even really. No. And I didn't know, I didn't know my own mother was about to have a baby till she went to the hospital. Really? Yeah, nobody told us anything. Oh my goodness. What does that feel like now? Like, like I can't imagine. Really? important thing in life. Yeah. We had no idea. Like what role 
has sex played like there's just there's broad spectrum zooming out. I don't mm. want to get too specific. You're my mama. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like it, it to me, like it's a big deal, like how to navigate with an, a person from the opposite sex. And like it's important and how to navigate that in relationships and to basically be given almost no information or depth or this is really truly yeah. how important this thing is. Well, if you thought you got no information growing up, your sister got less. <laughs> <laughs> and I got really nothing. Uh-huh. It was just move on with life. You okay. know, if something weird happened, you went and you said, this is going on. This is what you do to fix it. And you just <laughs> keep moving on. Okay. So let's pretend you had, you're sitting down to have a conversation, let's say with one of my nieces. Let's say okay. one of my nieces comes to you, one of sister's girls comes to you. Mm-hmm. And because you've, you know, y'all are bonded and mm-hmm. says, mama what is sex or like, what is like, what is it? Oh, wow. That would kind of be tough for, for a couple of reasons. One is I, I don't think it would be my place to have that conversation with them. I think that that's not a conversation. And I've learned a lot through the years. Mm-hmm. That's a conversation their parents should have with them or their mother should have with them. Right. So. But if you think about it, if She's passing down the information that she has been given. Well, then she doesn't know very much either. Oh, well, God damn it. But the good thing is, is she's been through nursing school and she's, you know, she's, she's done a lot of things. Right. Well, you know, I've been to lots of doctors that know how to educate on the pieces and the parts and the anatomy and physiology, but the complexities. True. That come along with sex. It's, it's big. And I mean, for a lot of people, I won't, mm. I won't project that out, but if anybody's experience is like mine, Sex has complicated things. It can be. Sex has has just, yeah, like there's been, there's so many emotions and feels that can come with it happening or with it not happening True. within a relationship. And so this thing that winds up being, it winds up being so important, but it's kind of like, oh, you just figure it out as you go. It's like some irreparable damage can be, can happen for people. But that's how you know? we learned years yeah. ago. Yeah. It was figure it out as you go, because it's not something that you could bring up to your parents years ago. Right. You know, it's something you couldn't talk to. You couldn't ask those questions. Right. Because then they would think you were doing it and you shouldn't be doing it. That's mm, the way it was. I know. You shouldn't be doing it, but mm. your hormones are raging and yeah. basically you don't have any choice. Yes. You just do it anyhow, and you you don't do it the right way. I'm just thinking like you're just wandering around humping stuff in the house. No. It's just like nobody wants to tell me what's <laughs> happening with my body, but I can't. I'm just this poor couch. <laughs> um, anyway, so needless to say, I have gotten a lot of information since we had that very limited conversation. Thank God. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of information. I've, I've attained enough information that people want to hear it. I want to listen. And I mean, you, we didn't go into like how I grew up and the things that were present in, in my childhood and especially into teenage years, but I'll just like touch on it. I used to do pageants. And so there was a lot of speaking in public and working a crowd and just being in group kind of environments And then going onto ships and I was an auctioneer and a public speaker and an art director. And so I was on stage several times a week, every, almost every week in a year for six years. It's like an incredible amount of times that I've been on a microphone in front of people. I had no idea that all of that was building me up to stand in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people or have thousands of people listening to this right now. You know, I had no idea that 
what this would turn into and what I, that was all building me up for was to communicate about sex. Yeah. Who would have thought? Right. I surely didn't. Uh, I surely didn't. And I imagine that you didn't either. I, I didn't have that thought in the back of my mind. No, not at all. But yeah. going through those things that you went through, that was good for you for where you are now because it enabled you to do this. Because I always tell people this story. I can remember when you wouldn't ask the people at McDonald's for ketchup. <laughs> and now look at you. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't go into the bathroom by myself. No. I couldn't talk to any of the people that no. when it came to like they're taking your order yeah. or any of that. Right. I had to do it. Yeah. Things are different now. Yes. It would be, Alexa, go get you some ketchup. No, you got to do it. I can't do it. Yep. It's different. Here we go. It's different now. Mm-hmm. So... Let's shift it, shift it a little. I was going to ask you another question about how it was for you whenever I started making the transition into sex coaching and started being public about that. But I think that you really answered that question. It was like, I don't know what she's doing, but it's happening. Well, yeah, I didn't know what you were doing, but but what made it even more complicated or well, maybe complicated is not the right word, but so many people who knew all of us and who knew you when you were living still at home, I would get messages. I would get calls. Oh, do you see what Alexa's doing? Do you see what's going on out there? What is she doing? Do you see what's like? Like she's not your daughter. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, do you know what's going on and all that? And I would just say, look, if you have a problem with anything Alexa says or does, don't follow her. You know, don't follow her. I will never forget. I will never forget. There was some tough conversations that we had. And Mm -hmm. at first it felt like the family was against me because they couldn't understand. And I also imagine that, you know, it was hard and I don't know, I, I would say it's hard enough to kind of come out. Uh, but I, I just did it and didn't really, didn't really prep the fam. Oh, we were definitely not prepped for what came next. No. Yeah. I did not prep the family. It was more like, I'm going to just, I'm just going to go with this mm-hmm. and the cards will fall where they fall. And I, We'll figure it out. We will all figure it out from the other side of it. And, mm-hmm. and several years later now, it's okay. But we didn't, under- great. we didn't understand at first. So. Didn't understand it at first. And there was, I remember in one of the tough conversations where I said to you, I was like, I, I'm happy to be traveling and to be away. And mm-hmm. if the family doesn't stop giving me shit about this, because I'm doing it anyway, if they don't stop giving me shit, I just won't come home. And I remember that that really landed for you because you knew that I wouldn't come home. Yeah. And I remember you telling me something to the effect of you told everyone to leave your baby alone because if they didn't leave me alone, then I wouldn't come home and that wasn't happening. Yeah, and that that wasn't acceptable. That wasn't acceptable. And like that felt really good for the matriarch to be like, straighten your shit out, Mm -hmm. leave her be. Yeah. You know, I was telling people, keep your opinions to yourself. You know, just want to snap to that. Well, you know, and and give her a chance, you know, you don't know what she's really trying to accomplish. And now where you are with everything. I mean, I think you've proven a lot of points. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm still working on it. But there was a a notable shift where you stopped um, being against and not necessarily being against, but having letting your personal feels come up and get in the way of our connection. And you shifted that to. I don't know what she's doing, but I'm going to do my best to try to understand her. And support her. And through that understanding, I think that's what has gotten us to the point where we are now. And look how far I've come. Yes. You know. You've you've catered two of my retreats. I have. Mm-hmm. Yes. What was that like? 
Now that was really kind of fun. Um, and, and, and interesting. We we learned a lot from those two. You know, we didn't stay around for all of the sessions, but we we did learn a lot just from being around all of the people who attended. And even now we're still friends with some of those people on Facebook. I love that. I love whenever I see people who are previous clients of mine, current clients of mine or previous retreat attendees, and you're all over their Facebook and like mm-hmm. congratulating them on things and mm-hmm. talking, saying hi to their kids or whatever. Oh. And uh, that just like warms my heart that when people, even when people come into my space, because that's really important to me, when people work with me, that they feel loved, Mm -hmm. that they feel accepted just as they are, that they are met right where they are and like feel, just feel like family right away. And the fact that they come to maybe an in-person event and they get to meet you, you're always Mm -hmm. the MVP. Oh, and Ernie too. Don't forget Ernie. I was going to say, and Ernie. Yeah. We're going to talk about Ernie a little bit. Okay. Because he calls all of them his girls. My girls. That's his girls. That's his girls. <laughs> Got to cook for my girls. Mm-hmm. Yes. So question, what's the best advice anyone has given you about relationships? Now, I did not give you any time to prepare these answers. So. Yeah, you didn't. And that's really kind of tough because I don't really feel like I ever really got any advice. Mm. I feel like everything that I've ever gone through or done or found out, I've kind of done it through trial and error. Mm-hmm. Big time trial and error. Yep. Some of the errors I, interestingly enough, thank you for. And some maybe not. And some I definitely don't. Mm-hmm. But many of them I do because growing up, I, I, I have yeah. a mark for some things that I could potentially avoid. Yeah. And some of it is just my destiny. <laughs> Actually, I found some that I could avoid. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the worst advice where you get, you know, did you get simply no advice at all? Was there ever any like bad advice? I don't recall ever really getting any advice, you know, on on how to be in a relationship or what to look for for a relationship. You know, as you said earlier, hormones speak and they speak. They even spoke years ago. And, um, (laughs) you know, and so what you ended up doing is in a lot of cases, what most people call lust ends up you think it's love and that's it. You're going to be with them for the rest of your life. And then six months later, you're not. Or nine months later, you have an Alexa. That could happen too. (laughs) It could. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know if you got advice in between, like, were you ever put, like, had conversations with friends or people around you when you were getting ready to end a relationship and maybe start a new relationship? All of my friends knew as much as I knew. So we were all throwing around things that we were learning from each other through our experiences and through our relationships, not from our parents right. or anybody that had anything important to tell us. Mm. There wasn't anything like you're doing right now, mm. trying to help and educate and, you know, that kind of thing. There wasn't anything like that. Mm. Yeah. What about sex advice? Oh, geez. Maybe you could get that it? from, well, maybe you spoke about your friends and the people that were around you. So, like, did anybody give you any, like, let's say sex advice like good sex advice like what how to, to do? navigate it what to do no not really not what y'all really. talked about what do you mean what you talked about <laughs> well i mean maybe it's because of what i do but whenever i get in into any group of women that's immediately what we go to talk about how to make our relationships better how to you know heal something fix something something like that yeah, or straight s- into sex advice but sex doesn't make a relationship better in most cases well it can surely make it bad yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any advice that you've gotten 
that you feel comfortable enough. I mean, I did give you permission before we got into this interview or got into this show Mm -hmm. that you could plead the fifth on any of the questions. Yeah, but I don't really think there was anything that anybody ever said to me sex related that would make it or break it. I mean, a lot of things going through the years is just a matter of learning as you go kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. hoping the guy knows more than you know, so you might learn something or that kind of thing. (laughs) That's about it. That's great. All right. So that that works well with the next question I'm going to ask you. What love lesson have you had to learn more than once? (laughs) Well, like I had said earlier that, you know, that lust can be mistaken for love and Mm -hmm. you think you've got your forever after. And so you think, okay, I can marry this guy. And then you find out, oh, God, he's not the forever after. And then you divorce this guy, but you don't give up on love. And, mm. then, and sometimes you might have to do that a few times. And as I say, you might have to kiss a lot of toads to finally, uh, you know, get to your prince. Mm-hmm. But after numerous times, sometimes that happens. And it happened for me. So mm. finally got my prince. I love that. And you got your prince just before your 50th birthday? Was that right, right around that time? Um, we've been together now 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I am going to be 32 this year. Mm. So Ernie, your you prince. On, you were on 16. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been around for almost half of my life. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that. You know, the good half. When y'all first arrived, mm-hmm. your trip to Austin's come visit me. And visit Jordan. Um, yeah, it's wild to think just how formative the years he wasn't around for were. However, the years that he wasn't around, we may not have made it to where we are right now. We were different people, yeah. different relationships, doing different things in life. Um, so it might have been completely different. We might have got together and it would have ended up in divorce. Maybe so. Y'all had to do a few before Before we learned valuable lessons. Mm -hmm. But every time we went through a relationship or marriage or a divorce or whatever was going on, we learned something. Mm. Things that we could do and tolerate and things that we couldn't. Yeah. So I want to spend a moment on your proposal. Oh, God. (laughs) That was something. So I don't know if I've ever heard you tell the story without everybody in in the family you know, chirp, in their chirping cents. in, chirping in, saying what role they played and what was going on. So okay. y'all had been together how long? Nine years. And y'all had basically, I think, agreed not to get married because you'd already been married before. Because we've done it before and let's not do it again. It's going to ruin everything, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Sis and I knew that you wanted to be Ernie's wife. Like you just knew something was special about that relationship. Yes. So nine years in. But, but he always wanted to not be married either. Right. Because we've all been there, done that. Well, because y'all were cute, over 50 and boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, we were cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I don't know if, if you mentioned this, but you travel a lot. You and Ernie yes. travel a lot. You cruise a lot. You yes. go on trips a lot. This is retired life. Yes. So it was not uncommon for y'all to randomly wind up in Vegas. Not at all. For a few days. So mm-hmm. I would love if you told that story. Well, yes, we planned the trip to Vegas. So, um, but what I didn't plan and what he did plan is while we were in Vegas for that trip that he was going to ask me to marry him. 
But not that he was just going to ask me to marry him. He was going to ask me and then we were going to go get married immediately. You know, it wasn't like, let's, let's, you know, uh, be engaged for a year or any of that stuff. We get too old for that. So he got your sister involved, which, you know, and she planned the whole wedding. And when we were walking to the food court, he says, oh, let's stop in the wedding chapel, you know. And uh, it wasn't just because what we would do when we'd go to Vegas, because everybody kept saying we were going to get married. So we would go and we would take pictures in front of wedding chapels and send them to the friends and say, hey, look where we are kind of thing. So it was a standing joke. But this day, it wasn't just stand outside the chapel. He went to go inside. So it was a little different. So we went inside. And then there's your sister and Kellen. There's um, some friends of ours. And um, not knowing that you were hiding behind a curtain. I don't even know. Were you out when he even asked? No, I was behind a you curtain. You were hiding behind a curtain. I was curtain. hiding behind a curtain. Because you worked ships right then. And uh-huh. so you, I had no reason to think you were going to be in Vegas. So anyway, he was nervous. He was shaken. His voice was cracking. I'd never seen this in my life. And I've known him for years. And then he's like, I'm like, what is going on? And he's like, well, I just thought, well, either we could get married or just go gamble some more. And that was my proposal. (laughs) And I have to say, I looked at him and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I just said, are you sure about this? We always said we would never do this again. Are you sure this is what you want? And he said, yes. Mm. And I said, that's all I need to hear. So from that moment, we jumped straight in a limo, went and got our marriage license. Well, I, I came out of the curtain. Oh, you came out the curtain. I didn't want to interrupt and put my two in there, but I, I did come out. I came out of the curtain. Yes, you came out the curtain <laughs> and we got hugs and all that stuff. And so then we jumped in the limo with Vuv. Yes, Vuv. we had Vuv. We jumped in the limo. We went and got the marriage license. We came back. We had a bachelorette party, which lasted about 20 minutes. And then, <laughs> it was funny. And then... We went, what did we do after that? Oh, we got married. Yeah, you got that, married. I mean, that quick. You had 30-minute window because somebody's lined up right behind you, you know? And you got married at Mandalay Bay. Yes. And then we went straight out of there, walked down to another little place. We had a reception. Within three hours, we were done. Yeah. From yeah. proposal to reception, done. We were, well, alcohol was involved. This was at a time mm-hmm. when I, I participated in all of the flowing alcohol and I just remember, from what I do remember after that, singing loudly throughout all the hallways, inside of all the elevators, go into the chapel and oh. where everyone's singing it. Well, go that was the guys, too. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I just remember it just billowing. It wouldn't stop. Yeah. But the guys really did it kind of funny because they would sing it and they would do little dance moves with it, too. Ooh. Yeah, that, too. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so hilarious. And what a story. You know, like you're just on a trip and all of a sudden you're proposed to and you're getting married and your family's there and some friends are there and your daughter, who's supposed to be all the way on the other side of the world, is there. Is there. How the hell did this happen? That's a good life. But it happened. And guess who was responsible for all of that? Ernie. 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 Well, and well, Ernie's idea was like a much more muted version of what actually happened. definitely. Ernie's version was nobody else was going to be there. Nobody. Just me and him. Yeah. And we were just going to walk in there and just go do it. Basically. And he wanted everybody to wear Hawaiian shirts. Well, yeah. And he got married in Crocs. Yes. His His wedding. Wedding Crocs. His wedding Crocs. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> it was fun. <laughs> and amazing. And I love that about y'all. You know, I just what childhood was like versus what like junior year of high school on has been like is just so contrast different so yeah. different and um sis and i joke that when we think you're getting a little bent out of shape and a little worked up we just lean over to ernie and say can we keep you <laughs> what if i get rid of him y'all gonna keep him is that what well you like if he just decides he can't handle you anymore oh no like, he'll never know. decide that i know we're just joking yeah. but that means to him you know from us i think yeah is we we really love you we want to keep you. You're important to us. And even if she has a few screws loose, please let us have you. Hey, now. I mean, what? you know how I know a couple of your screws are loose? Because I, I have Cause trouble. Because you have them? I have trouble tightening them at times. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. That was a little bit of a joke. Mm. Please don't be upset with me. Um, okay, so next question. What is something that you wish you could have told your younger self? about sex, love, and relationships. Now that you have this relationship with Ernie, kind of thinking back, what's something that you wish you to tell, you could have told your younger self about sex, love, or relationships? I guess, you know, when you think about it, you know, the things that are really important, because when you're young and you're just learning and you're not learning from anybody, you're having to figure it out, you have to figure out what's important. And now I feel like I've learned more about what's important in the relationships, the give and the take and, you know, different things like that. Because younger me wanted to take. I didn't want to give. It's all about me. But the older me knows what it's like to give, too. So you do learn quite a bit through the years. I think I'd go back and tell myself that and be a little more flexible, you know, because when I want it done my way, I want it done my way. Mm. And uh, I think I'd probably be a little more flexible with things. When she wants it done, I hope Jordan listens to this. <laughs> so much. Why more. are you like me? It makes sense. Yes, I am <laughs> your daughter. As I look down at my teal, long fingernails, and I look at your long blue fingernails. Ta talons. <laughs> talons. Yeah, basically. Yes. There are times when I open my mouth and Dondra for sure comes out of it. Sorry, not sorry. I guess. So maybe just a couple of things. And these are options to plead the fifth, but I think that you're going to give me oh, something. Oh, I got some fifth on this one. I don't know. I think that you're going to give me something. Okay. How did over time, how did having kids change your sex life and your relationships? Mm, I don't think it did that much. I really don't. Is it supposed to? I don't like dating. Does that, does that make it difficult? Did that ever make it difficult? Or like if you were dating the and you sex, had a kid? The sex doesn't make it difficult. I mean, the kid might make it difficult. Right. I mean, you know, not everybody wanted to date someone with kids, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm sure it could still be like that. Um, thank God I don't have to date anymore. But um, yeah, I don't really think it made actual sex difficult. If that's, I, the I wasn't sure. itself. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Well, I mean, it's open to interpretation. Oh, okay. You could take it however you want to take it. All right. Well, yeah. I don't think it made it that difficult. Right. Well, just a couple more. What does love mean to you? Hmm. Now that one, I, I guess it could have a lot of different answers, but one thing that I've noticed, and, and this is just based on the, the my Ernie, you know, mm -hmm. era, mm -hmm. is that we find that we both have to have our own life, that our lives can't be so intertwined 
that we can't function without mm-hmm. the other person. Mm-hmm. So he has his friends. He does his thing. He'll go do things without me. I, in, a, in turn, do the same things. You know, I have the, the same stuff, my friends or whatever. We allow each other to be ourselves and go do other things. But when we're together, you know, that's all good, too. So I feel like we have the best of every world. You know, we have individual. We're individuals. Mm-hmm. We're a couple. And we enjoy doing couple things and then, you know, going out and doing our own things. So that that's and, and the fact that we can allow each other to do that. That takes a lot. Not everybody can do that. They've got to be so intertwined that everything they do in life is together. And uh, I think that's what keeps us strong. And after our little 15 years. Mm. I love that so much. It's really delicious. I was going to ask you what makes your relationship with Ernie special, but I oh, think that's that you it. answered it. That's is it. that you have the individual and then you have your collective. And he will tell you the same thing. And, mm-hmm. and somebody will tell him something and he'll say, you know why I love this woman? And he'll actually use the L word because she lets me do anything I want. Mm-hmm. And I do. Yeah. It's and, been amazing to see your relationship with Ernie, the way that it started and how it just continued to unfold and the way that you both love each other so much. It's just like, I'm in. This is it. Yeah. The, you know, like Jordan and I, out is not an option. Yeah. That's what we say to each other. And we've been saying that since the beginning of our relationship. What if out is not an option? What do we do then if out's not going to be something that we consider? We don't even let ourselves individually, like kind of insidiously in our mind, mm-hmm. even think it. And then. But even in your relationship, y'all have your together stuff, mm-hmm. but then you have your girl interactions and groups mm-hmm. and his guys and his thing, his hunting, you might be, it might be something else, fishing or whatever he likes to do. And, you know, so you do those things sometimes separately, sometimes together, but then your together life is awesome too. Yeah. Yes. And that was a part of why we moved to Austin is because I, I feel like we knew that mm-hmm. when we moved here, we would be able to forge relationships. I would be able to find my community, find my purpose, find my stride in a way like I've never found it before. And I think he knew that as well, that he needed to be surrounded by brothers, surrounded by men that would help him grow, um, you know, in a way that he could bring that back into our relationship, that I could also bring what I would learn into our relationship and then our unit get stronger along the way. So, And as much as I hated for y'all to leave New Orleans, I knew that this move had to be made. For y'all to be happy. Yeah. I knew it's it. It's the best. Yeah. We love it here. Okay. So this is the last one that I'm going to ask you, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to let you ask me a couple questions. I wasn't prepared to ask questions. Great. So before I have kids, I like almost want to throw up every time I say that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to ask the question, but I want to ask the question. It's happening. Before I have kids. What's the one piece of advice you would like to leave me with? Do it your way. With everything that you've learned in life, you know, do it your way, whatever you feel is right, however you want to raise your child. You and Jordan together, y'all need to always agree on what you do and how you do it and support each other. Because I've seen through lots of of families, you know, there's been, um, you know, where the husband and the wife, they don't agree on how the child should be raised. That's not good for the child. It's confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, they get mixed signals. So that probably the one one piece. And please have the talk with them. Tell them more than we told you. 
Okay. I can I can guarantee that part yeah. for sure. I know you can. So if I just asked you a bunch of questions and I just probed around in your past and all the things and you mostly gave me some some answers some. <laughs> to most. You gave me some some answers to most of the questions. Um, I am curious if you have a question for me. What's something that you would like to ask me? And since I was so unprepared with any of this, didn't even know I'd be doing this until last night and didn't have the opportunity to come up with some questions, I really can't think of anything that is just, you know, burning a hole, as they say, Mm -hmm. trying to find out. Mm -hmm. So you pretty much, your life is out there. If I have a question, I can just look on, you know, one of your (laughs) social media, one of your videos and find out the answer. Uh Uh-huh. But um, I don't think so. Question about my relationship? With Jordan? Yeah. There's just a question that comes to mind. I don't know. Curious about something. It's pretty public. Well, pretend it's not public, Mom. How can I pretend? I see it all the time. I don't know. We could just be curious. But when I see you guys together, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I see it. I know. I know he's the one. Mm. I definitely know he's the one. I've told Ernie that many times. I'm like, there's nobody like Jordan. He is the one. If there was ever going to be the one, he's it. <laughs> what about him? See, now I'm asking you more questions. No, it's the way it's the way y'all interact together Mm. and the way he he, I'm not going to say handles you because I don't feel like he's handling you, but he knows exactly what to say and do to make things right. Mm -hmm. Or he's a master diffuser that. Yes, that's a a good, good description. Yes, he knows well and also not well placed humor and things that he thinks is humorous and really isn't humorous, but whether it's properly placed or not it's effective so yeah he can be funny all right well oh I wait there is one thing i guess that i could bring up that well yes please or, and i think i will oh, um you have permission and that that is your two dogs oh do you know that you knew that i was not a dog person right yes i very much I, you want to know how i know because i never had a dog growing right, up right and 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 i've never i've never wanted any and i would be kind of standoffish from from dogs wasn't my thing. But after I was around Biggie for a little while, and of course, Biggie's your son, and um, I was around him, I kind of got used to him. And I'm like, okay, he's not too bad. And now the little one that you affectionately call little. Mm -hmm. um, She named herself. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, that was a, a pleasant surprise, you know, to actually not mind something like that. It's not something that I would have, you know, I don't know been involved with anybody's dogs i'm always Mm kind of you know stay back from it Mm -hmm. but anyway those two are an exception to the rule thank you and you said it publicly so take that stepsisters and brothers and sisters no i'm not saying i don't like everybody's dogs kidding now here we go let's be diplomatic Uh, well you know that's what i have to be but (laughs) it's like they're different yeah thank you i'd like to think that that is because of their parenting oh (laughs) okay i don't know i'm giving it a try you know, um, I call it my perpetual three-year plan mm-hmm. where we're starting to prepare for whatever is the next steps, engagement, wedding, Just family, hope it doesn't happen in stuff. three hours. What will, oh, <laughs> yeah. right. Want to exactly. get married, happy honeymoon, you know. Yeah, here we go. Yes. Yes. No. So 
I joke because I call it the three-year plan, but I also said it was three years last year and it's been a whole year and it's still three years. So mm. we're still going to roll with that. But I'd like to think that, um, yeah, us deciding to get the dogs is training. It's for sure training. I don't understand how anyone raises a human child without trying to do it with a dog first. Mm. Like that's, yeah, that's stretching me. I can, I just can't imagine having a human child before having little like she's teaching me so much right but of course you know when a child comes into the picture it is a little bit different i'll take your word for it well you can't put them in a kennel and leave for a few hours <laughs> it's true yeah it's also true it's little things so i'll have to bring you back on the show when we're further along in the three-year plan and we can talk about birthing oh and what that's like Okay. <laughs> I'll just say okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I do I do things in a non-traditional fashion and I'm probably going to do all of that not super traditionally, not yeah. at all traditionally as well. So I'll have to keep another episode in the future, in the far, far, far future in mind. Okay. I'm trying to soothe myself and my nervous system as I say a few extra fars. And then maybe I can tell you some of the old wives tales that I heard when I was pregnant for your sister. Oh, goodness. They were crazy. Dot, dot, dot. To be continued potentially in three years. Yeah, that sounds good. I love that. All right, Mom. This was fun. Did you like doing this? Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, not bad at all. It, it, I think, I mean, I think I, I felt a sweat creeping on just like a couple times. So yeah. it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. Mm. Just a little bit. So the Leo in me is going to ask you this last final thing. Okay. Let's pretend I was not in a room and people are asking you about your family. Mm -hmm. You tell them about sis and then you get to me. Mm -hmm. How would you describe me to people who don't know me or, or tell them, describe me and tell them what I do? Well, I've been asked that before because, I mean, we have some friends that just came down to visit us um, recently and they did ask about you. And the first thing I did was pull out my phone and show them pictures of you, which, of course, they say you're beautiful, but I already knew that. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll say, well, what does she do for a living? And I said, she's a coach and she works with sex, love and relationships. And I said, and from what I understand, she's a pretty good coach. And we'll leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> Anything else that you want to share? No, that's it. And you say... Well, you're a great person, too. Oh, and they admire your tattoos, too. Look, my, my, how far we've come. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. Actually, when you first started getting those, uh, yeah, wasn't much admiration. I thought, oh, my gosh, you're defacing your body. What are you doing mm -hmm. to yourself? Yep. But now I've learned. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that even older people can learn. That it's a form of self-expression. And I see it all over now with so many different people. So anyway. I like that form. you throw that in there too. You probably say that I have got a dog and then this and the other. And you're and a great tattoos, dog mom. A great dog mom. Yep. Yep. All the things. You give me so much hope. For what? Like our relationship. You know, like how to me we are we are proof of so much that is available and possible in the world especially for mothers and daughters in relationships you know any time that there's and, and somebody might be listening now that doesn't have a very close relationship with 
their daughter with their mom. And mm-hmm. for me, I've ridden, I've ridden the roller coaster. Yeah. We've been up and down. Of feeling disconnected, feeling so connected, feeling like I'm never going to leave mom. Yeah. I remember those days. Holding your hand while we drove in the car yes. to, you know, um, feeling like I was really hurting our relationship in ways that was going to be irreparable or that we weren't going to come back to love and that we weren't going to come back me with, with the family in, in general, just with the direction that I took. And the fact that you're sitting across from me right now, willing, even though I didn't give you much time, yeah, I wouldn't call this willing, willing but... to have this conversation and talk about things that you weren't told about growing up and through, even throughout your life. And then to have me open up some of that here today is pretty special. So I feel complete. Do you feel complete? I feel complete. Amazing. Thanks, mom. It was good. Thank you, baby. Love you. Love you too. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.